welcome folks to another edition of Desperately Seeking Entertainment. I am one of your hosts, Chris Peterson. Join with me as always on the couch, hypothetically, theoretically couch, I guess, uh, is Mr. Ben Frawley. How are you, sir? What's up, Chris? What's up, people around the internet? Yo, we are digesting multiple, multiple sources of creative media that are just ready to spew out at you. I hope you've been sitting home, staying safe when you can, and just being a nerd. You know what, Chris? I've been a nerd all my life. Like, if someone <laughs> just gave me a Super Nintendo and a Mountain Dew, I- I'm all right. Like, just leave me here, and I'll see you when I'm 90. I'm okay. Like, the pinnacle of all media hit when I played Super Mario Kart. I was like, you know what? I'm all set. I don't need to get married, have kids. I'm all set. Just going to have uh, the Super Nintendo. Boom. All set. But... Life goes on, <laughs> and I guess I have to socialize and be an adult and get a get job, a job pay bills, and yeah, yeah. yeah. So I guess I just can't play. But now, haha, you see, all you kids out there, oh, I like sports. Oh, I like dating girls. Well, now you're stuck inside like me, and you wish you were just as good as Mario Kart as me. So I don't know where I was going with this, but <laughs> welcome to the week. Welcome to the podcast. There you go. Basically, you're calling everybody sheep at this point. Yeah, yeah, you, yeah, you sheep. <laughs> Pick up a Super Nintendo. I love it. I love it. Well, folks, if this is your first time listening to this podcast, what Ben and I like to do is basically bring to the table some interesting things that we've seen over the past week or so in the world of entertainment, whether it be movies, film, pop culture, or just simply the news. I mean, who knows? There's things to you know definitely talk about in the news nowadays. Uh, and bring it to the table, except I have no idea what Ben has on his mind, and he has no idea what I've got on my plate. So everything that you're hearing is spontaneous and genuine. So uh, there is no pre-planning. None of this is scripted. It is just all off the top of our heads the way it should be. Just two people talking about awesome things. So Ben, kick us off, my man. What do you got for us this week? All right. You know what, Chris? Look at Look at We're already segueing. So our first topic, I want to talk about the news, right? Yes. Not necessarily anything in the news, but how the news was delivered to us over the past two weeks. Oh, okay. So what I found was interesting is, so I haven't had cable in a long time. Even though I'm on this podcast and we digest multiple um, news stories that are current and, you know, cable shows out there, I do it through streaming services, of course. I do it through uh, Hulu, Netflix, and YouTube primarily. And then I got the HBO Max, whatever it is, and CBS, whatever I want to watch that day, I just pick up that streaming service. Mm-hmm. So, Chris, I thought it was interesting. Someone that doesn't have cable, um, I just have YouTube that during the election process of the past two weeks, they I got to watch NBC, MSNBC, ABC, uh, Fox News, CBS News, and Bloomberg News, I believe, and whatever AP streaming service for free over YouTube. Mm. And what I thought was interesting about this is people are paying top dollar to have these channels. You know, live coverage of the election on their cable box. I was getting for totally free live coverage, not just clips, live coverage that was given to me. And they would actually cross over to NBC. They would have like today's show. They would have um, uh, Good Morning America. They would have everything for the past couple weeks. So the reason why I bring this up, Chris, and the reason why I found this was interesting, I didn't pay anything except for my internet bill to get all these services. I didn't pay cable. Um, Is this the future 
of network television just delivering it over the internet to the masses. I think that's a smart thing to do. Yeah. Like I and and they and they would hit me for a commercial every time I'd tune in. Right. I mean, you don't even have to do commercials, just do a little like, you know, pop up ribbon at the bottom of the screen that after, you know, four or five seconds I can hit you know, I can X out of, but the the advertisement is still there, you know. And uh, I, I think that's totally the way to go. I think, you know, we're we're getting into pandemic times and things like that. Entertainment news um, is becoming more of a essential commodity almost. Mm-hmm. So I, I agree. I, and, and, you know, it's funny, like you bring up how you were able to do this with a lot of the news networks. I mean, this is how news was originally founded. Like, you know, basically the 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 government back in the day allowed these, you know, um, you know, one hour of, of news time on television. Um, and, you know, back then it was ad free because that was like the big deal. But uh, it was it was it was looked at as a essential commodity. And I think I think if we're getting back to that, especially nowadays when the need for accurate news is so important, um, why not do that? I think that's a great idea. Yeah. Yeah, and I thought I thought it was really interesting because. We're at a point with technology now. If, if God forbid, if the pandemic happened like five years ago or ten years ago, we'd be screwed. There'd be nothing. I mean, people would be, you know, breaking down my door to get to my records and my VHS <laughs> because <laughs> there was not as much available on YouTube and on the internet to stream. Like, think of ten years ago, even even though Netflix was out there, you were kind of just boxed into what they had, and Hulu wasn't big yet, and. Um, I, I think it's it's lucky, you know, I like to find the brighter side sometimes. I think it's lucky this happened in 2020 when, you know, let's say, for instance, MSNBC could can have the nightly news on with Lester Holt and then stream it live and then put up the 28-minute stream of it for you to watch on demand for free instantly, instantaneously mm. after they did that. There's no way that's happening five years ago. With technology, there's no way. There's no way with you know rights and marketing rights and everything. I think people have kind of figured it out. Like, oh, we can make more money. We, you know, we can charge people for cable. Now, here's another follow-up question, Chris: Are cable companies going to get hip to this and either crack down on people like me or raise the prices on people that have cable? That's that's the future question, right there. Mm. That is a good question. Because those are some savvy folks. Uh, I'll put it that way. Yeah, um, and you know they're <laughs> losing money. You know people are not rebuying cable. They're just mm-hmm. like, oh, yeah, Ben's sitting here watching the same shit that I just paid for? Like, what? I, I don't even understand. You know, um, I might actually have an answer for you because I did yeah. notice that my internet cost with Comcast has gone up. Not by mm-hmm. much, but by enough to make it like a – like I think it increased by like $1.20 per month or something like that. And – um but I mean, you take that times however many customers they have, that's probably making up a, a good piece of the pie there. So I think I think it's going to be that they're going to raise the cost of, you know, internet basically. And I know it's interesting. I, I've heard this from. I, I wish I remember the source, but I believe that one of the um, uh, strategies or campaign ideas by the uh, president elect, which we'll get to a little bit later. Um, is to try to make the internet completely free, which would be huge. Yeah, huge. Um, 
I don't, I don't know about you down in Connecticut, but up here in New York State, in you know more of the some of the more rural cities, they have uh, like Canandaigua, New York. They have uh, free Wi-Fi, and that's for to grow local businesses, local small business. Imagine you're starting a small coffee shop, and instead of paying a monthly fee for your cable or internet, you can just have it for your customers free, and you can just stream whatever TV station over the the TV while you, you know, open up your shop. So Brilliant. it Brilliant is up idea. there. Do you have anything like that in Connecticut? Are there any small towns <laughs> that have like free Wi-Fi? No, no. <laughs> and down here, it's like, no, no, it's Connecticut. You can afford to uh, pay for your internet. So I guess, I mean, that's how they look at it. I, but I, I love that idea. I love that idea. And I yep. think, I think more, it should, be, I mean, yeah, I think it should be something that, is a is a free commodity um, amongst people. We'll see. I think I think I think you're onto something though. I think that's definitely going to be um, the future when it comes to news and streaming and, and all that stuff. Yeah, and it's so interesting that we're like moving forward but moving backwards because if you think of like the Marconi <laughs> and like the free radio waves that were out there, if you just got this box. You know what I mean? On Downton Abbey, they just get this box, and all of a sudden they can listen to music and anytime they want. So it's it's really interesting. Imagine if internet goes free, then all you do need is a box, uh, um, a fire stick, or a computer, and you can stream any music that you want for free. I mean, we're kind of going forward and back 100 years. It's really interesting. So, Chris, I didn't want to necessarily talk about uh, politics and the election, stuff like that, even though that might be one of your stories, but I want to talk about just... I think this is one of those opportunities where media is going to change for the rest of our lives. Yeah. This election is going to change just like COVID changed theaters. I mean, I can see theaters not opening up. We went to a drive-in movie uh, a couple weeks ago and, you know, it was because we can stay safe inside our car and bring our food and not have to leave the car and go back home. Um, I could see actually drive-ins becoming more popular than actual theaters again. So it's almost like we're going forward, but we're going back at the same time. So I don't know. It, it's so hard to to like be like a future analyst of media right now. Mm-hmm. I hear you. I hear you. It's going to be interesting. Well, that's a good segue into what I had. I did want to talk about the election. I didn't want to get into the politics of it. I mean, you know. I'll I'll be completely transparent. I I voted for Joe Biden. I voted. I had a very mixed card, I guess you could say, on my ballot. Like I voted for some Democrats, voted for some Republicans. Right. Um, you know, I wrote. I actually, I even wrote in a candidate or two, things like that. So I really, I like to mix it up. Oh, yeah, <laughs> not that crazy, not that nuts. Uh, my no, but um, you know, it's funny. Uh, you know, we talk. You you just mentioned how this election is going to change you know, the way media is delivered and things like that. You know, I think just from, from an election roundup, I, I was obviously pleased with the national results. But at the same time, I, was, <laughs> I wasn't pleased in seeing the way people were celebrating. Um, you saw a bunch of people dancing in the streets, which in a normal non-COVID year, sign me up. I'll, right. I'll you know, I'll, I'll rush the field. I'll dance in the streets. I'll, you know, all that stuff. But you had people like they showed shots of like New York and Times Square and Philadelphia, Washington, D.C., all these places. And literally Friday, the day before the, the results were, the, were finally announced, um, was the largest day in, of new cases of COVID in this country. Somewhere around, I think it was 130,000 new cases. 
and you've got yeah, people. Hit, in, I think we hit two hundred thousand today. Did yeah. we? Oh, great! Fant because of people dancing in close contact with each other and just celebrating the thing. So I looked at that and I was like, okay, we can't. I understand that if if your guy won, um, and you want to celebrate, and colors are brighter, food tastes better, like all those things, and you want to celebrate, you can't at the same time pretend <laughs> that just because your guy won. Uh, this this pandemic is no longer a problem. And so this is really more of observation, I guess you could say, of like, we, we just need to still be smart people. Um, I even saw like when Notre Dame, I'm a huge Notre Dame football fan, and they beat Clemson over the weekend, and all these students rushed the field. And you're just, I'm just, and Notre Dame's had a, a COVID problem. So it's right. like, you just, your hand to your face, celebrate, be happy, pop champagne, but do it at the, you know, safely do it, you know, socially distance the mask. Um, because it's, it's no, no celebration is worth getting COVID um, over, uh, believe me. But again, um, I understand the elation. I felt it too. Um, it's, it's nice to kind of feel positive in a way, um, for a lot of different reasons, but, um, yeah, it was interesting watching, the election, but I, what I really wanted to talk about was the actual process of voting itself. Okay. Um, yeah, great. So, I, I live in a, a small rural town, and it was actually a longer drive. Uh, excuse me, a longer. It took me longer to walk from my car to the polling station than it did once I was inside on my way to vote. And um, I, I, I never take that for granted. I'm like, oh my god, I love the fact that. 93% of the registered voters in my town voted, and I, I literally walked nonstop from the parking lot to the voting booth back to my car. Um, but then you saw all these lines, you know, people waiting seven, eight hours, you know, at a time to, to vote. Ben, how was voting in your area? Oh, dude, I mean, I live in the middle of nowhere. It was so easy. I didn't even have to drive to my polling state. I walked up the street, walked in the, the Methodist church, voted, and walked out. It was the easiest thing of all time. So I love it. And it, there was nothing different, but I'm gonna. I'm just gonna point this out there, Chris. Are are you making the point that here's you know why do you make whiter pants Ben right here, living in rural <laughs> rural America? I got no weight, but then all of a sudden you see these big cities filled with ethnicity, and they have to wait like four hours. Yep. Is that? Just me making something up, or is that coincidence? I don't think so. I don't think no, so at all. No, it's definitely there's there's a reason for it. Um, yeah. You know, it, here's a good example of good friends of mine live uh, in Atlanta, and mm. um, literally like a week uh, a week or two before physical voting took place, they got a, a mailing saying that they could only vote at like seven or eight different. Uh, polling stations within their vicinity and they live in a section of atlanta with a crap ton of people so when you think about and and people that are that are definitely going to show up and vote so you know you take you take let's say you know six figures of people and you div you know they're only allowed to vote at seven or eight different places you're going to have massive lines and there's never really a reason for it there's never a good explanation of why this is happening it, it for me, it's a method of voter suppression, um, yep. and it's a shame. Uh, but um, hopefully, there, there, you know, Georgia did a great job this year of 
you know, having organizations kind of being like watchdogs for these types of things. So when shenanigans started popping up, like these organizations hopped on it right away. Like for instance, if like a a machine, uh, a counting machine all of a sudden like broke, this organization made sure that another one was replaced pretty quickly and stuff like that. So thankfully we had organizations like that. And hopefully going forward, uh, this stuff, we start seeing less and less of these things, less and less of these lines. Um, I also think early voting should be something that should be done forever. Like yeah. have that be forever now because it, it definitely helps with those lines and, and makes, I think, less uh, shenanigans on that end. But I also want to say, Ben, I don't know how it was in your town, but in my town, you know, voting, uh, we, we live in a pretty civil town. You know, there's, it's not politically um, hostile on one end or the other so when you've got those like you know like when you walk in and there's like the people from the campaigns outside and things like that they really do make it a community event i almost felt like i was tailgating in a way because i i oh. spent some time time outside like i got cheeseburgers from both sides <laughs> two different tents they were offering free burgers and i was like yeah sure uh so oh um, that's cool oh, yeah that's neat. Oh, like they were cooking cool. up some burgers they had a bake sale going i was like you know what I like this. And you could talk to people and get some ideas and things like that. Um, and the Republicans were being nice to the Democrats. It was like, whoa, what is this? This is not the way <laughs> the media um, thinks. So I just want people out there to think, know, know that like, you know, it doesn't have to be like the way you see it on TV, where you've got people literally like fighting each other in the streets and things like that. Like you just can have civil conversations with people. You might not disagree. You might disagree with them politically. But you can still have conversations with them, gain some ideas. Maybe you can convince someone that they're wrong, you know, through through conversation. Who knows? But um, I like that. I like that, that that there was a community aspect to the voting process. I mean, up here, Chris, uh, it is very. We are in very conservative red country up here in this mm. county. So I I am in rural America up here. So there is only one way or the highway up here. So. <laughs> <laughs> but so I, I like to, you know, when someone sees a Boston Red Sox t-shirt on me or a Whalers hat, whatever they got on, and they know I'm from Connecticut, I always like to point out that I'm a registered communist. So, and then <laughs> they're like, go. oh, you mean you're a liberal? I go, no, no, no. Uh, communism is way right. It's way righter than you are. <laughs> it really is. It really it's, is. It's, it's it's so right. It's around the circle. <laughs> I'm on the dark side of the moon. That's yeah. I don't even know what planet I'm on right now. So I always like to point that out. It confuses them, and they're like, "What are you talking about?" And then they want to talk politics, and oh, it's great. Uh, but you know what? Uh, bless their heart. Yeah, <laughs> indeed. Is indeed. that what you're supposed to say? Something like exactly. That. Exactly. <laughs> anyway, talk- hey, I thought we did that pretty good. We did the whole political talk. I thought we did the great. We, we did it exactly. We did it. I don't think we. I don't think anybody's uh, shut us off. So there you go. Yeah. All right, good go. All right. <laughs> what else you got, my man? All right, dude. Okay. It's 2020. Okay, Chris. And a lot of people, we've been sitting in our houses, you know, especially March through May was rough. Brutal, right? We're all sitting yeah. here just playing the same video games, watching the same movies, yada, 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 that we've been doing for the, we've been watching and playing for, for years. And in the back of my head, I was hoping the artists out there, the creative forces out there were just busy at work. People that were off the road, off off the concert circuit, musicians, were busy just making music for the first time in years. And so mm-hmm. I'm here to report, okay, in 2020. Now, 
the 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 face of music in 2020 is way different than when we were kids. You know, when we were kids, Chris, you had pop dance music, you had gangster rap, you had metal music, rock music, soft rock, wh- whatever it is, right? We well, had everything. And now it's pretty much, you know, R&B, rap, and pop music. That's all we got, right? Right. Let me tell you, 2020 is becoming the year of hardcore fast metal music. Ooh, okay. In the last couple weeks, new music by System of a Down. Nice. New music by Rob Zombie. And more importantly, new music for the first time in 20 years by Mr. Bungle. (laughs) So I am. So, Chris, you know, I was talking about David Byrne a couple weeks ago. And so I have to report this. I am a giant David Byrne fan. I am a giant Mr. Bungle fan. And so if people out there, um, this is Mike Patton of Faith No More's first uh, band from high school. They came out with a new album. He um, recruited the drummer from Slayer, Dave Lombardo, the guitarist from Anthrax, Scott Ian, and his friends from Mr. Bungle. And they put out the fastest, craziest metal music of all time. So in your face, and I like hard metal music, so in your face, you kind of have to take a break. Ooh. It's almost so fast. Now, Chris, I sent you a track of this. It's okay. You could say it was too much for me. What were your thoughts on this? <laughs> um, yeah, I, 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 it's, let me put it this way. Fast metal, like, you know, I'm talking Anthrax, yeah. right. Motorhead, like Anvil. Like, yeah. there are, I wish I could get more into it. I really do. Right. I wish I could. And... I just like Motorhead's probably the most like interesting okay. of that of that genre that I, I feel like a little, I can beyond, really... little beyond ACDC kind of right exactly right like a, a, just a beat faster if you will mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. um, but yeah it's just it's an art it's an art form that I just wish I could really dig into more and I just can't but I respect it and I right. I understand why people love it and I've I've actually I went to a concert of of a speed metal concert back when I was in high school, because a buddy of mine, his brother was in this band called Biohazard. And oh, uh, wait, 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 what did you just say? Your, your buddy was in Biohazard? Uh, a buddy, a friend of mine in high school, his brother was in Biohazard. He was the bassist. What? Yeah. From what I know about Biohazard, they played um, the metal version of Slam by Onyx. That's that's what I remember them from. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, I, you know what? Did they play? We went to Toad's place. We went to yeah, oh yeah. There, I think because Onyx and Sticky Fingers and Onyx were New York City, and so was Biohazard. So yeah, that makes sense. Okay, yeah, yeah. 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 Okay, so there you go. Um, and I just I, what what I amazed me was that when I went to that concert, I expected it to be like a huge mosh pit, people were going nuts. It was just people standing like still watching this music. It was almost like it was too fast for them. To, to like do yeah. anything too, but it was it was a cool environment to be in. But yeah, I just I wish it was music that I I could get more into, but I just could I can't. So Chris, so when I sent you that track, how far in did you get? Like t- ten seconds? Oh no, I a good minute, a good minute. Oh, so I want to hear your. I'm going to say my thoughts. Just being a person that's been a Mr. Bungle fan forever, mm-hmm. I want to hear your thoughts. <laughs> I want to hear your honest, and you're not going to offend me because uh, go ahead. Just I, I, I'm going to give you the reason afterwards. Just do it. 
You know what? I I equated it to. Um, this is gonna sound really funny. Um, I equated it to like a random TV show, a random movie, a random genre of food, and I said to myself, "There, there has to be people out there that are the number one fans of this," and I want to meet. <laughs> I want to meet those people and find out like why. Like that that was the entire thing I was thinking. I was like, yep, this this goes in the there's gotta be fans of this. Like there's gotta be that number one fan. And I I, I really want to meet that person. Well, that. There well, you go. Chris, you, you met this person right here. <laughs> right here. He's great. Right and there's one other person. Okay. So when this came out, I'm a big Mike Penn fan. I love his voice, love all his projects, and um if you don't know him, I mean, if you're into theater and you're into singing, musical singing, I mean, his voice, he has a six-octave range. Oh, yeah. He, he is insane. He can do anything with his voice, and he chooses to take this gift and do crazy shit with it. <laughs> That's what he chooses to do. Just nutso stuff. And this album is so fast and hard. If you do a deep dive, Chris, of, like, reviews of the album you'll come up with like these videos and like 10 minute videos of people like doing reviews of the album. And it's these metal dudes, you know, big beards, tattoo sleeves, all these guys. Right. And they're even laughing because it's almost too hard for them. <laughs> <laughs> and that's, what's so funny about it. And that's, what's so great about it in my book is it defies genre. It's so hard and fast that metal dudes are like, I can't even get into it. Right. And me, I'm mowing the lawn to this every day. I'm working out to it. I'm I'm just hanging out. Let me tell you, it's great workout music. But the best thing about this is um, on YouTube, and this can be my YouTube and for the week, is um, Eric Andre also <laughs> is a giant Mr. Bungle fan. And there's an interview with Mike Patton and Eric Andre. And they go through the album and Mike Patton. And you learn that uh, Eric Andre... Went to Juilliard for stand-up bass. <laughs> Get out of here. Did you know that, Chris? I had no idea. Yeah, he's on He's on the, the interview. He takes his camera. He's like, oh, yeah, check this out, Mike. He goes down to his, like, man cave, like my man cave, and he's like, check this out. There's my bass right there. And Mike Pan goes, oh, yeah, you went to Juilliard, didn't you? <laughs> and you're like, what? <laughs> he's more, like, musically trained than, oh, my God. It's so crazy. And he starts talking about Disco Valente. Like, when I was a kid, I listened to that album so much. And I'm like, so in this world, it was just me and Eric Andre that loved this crazy, insane music. And if you go through their catalog, Chris, it's so off the wall. So their whole catalog isn't the speed metal fast music. I'm, I'm here to tell you that. So if you listen to this, the Raging Wrath of the Easter Bunny is the demo that we're talking about. Um, if you listen to that album, it's not all like that. Mm -hmm. It. Their second album is off the wall, crazy cartoons, uh, scrambled with weird jazz and techno. The first album's kind of metal, but it's like evil carnival music. And the third one is like elevator music from hell. It's like the Bee Gees mixed with like death metal. It's so weird. And their whole mission in life is just to be weird and out there. But the thing that's you can appreciate it's not them just making up off the cuff. They would actually tour with this music. They can play it live. And that's actually written down in sheet music. It's just crazy. So, um, so musicianship off the wall, 
their showmanship of the wall. There is no other band like this. No one was like out there like saying like, "Ooh, I really need another Mr. Bungle album." No one was saying this except for me and Eric Andre <laughs> in this world, the weirdos <laughs> off the wall. Like no one was saying we need another David Byrne concert, but we got it. So right. All this bad shit's happening in 2020, but we got some awesome music. So the System of a Down stuff is really good. Um, there's the the first song, I think it's called Land, oh, like uh, Leader of Our Land or something like that. Uh, I'll have to look that up. But uh, it's to raise money for uh, environmental awareness. So that's really cool. And then Rob Zombie teased a new album coming out in March. So 2020 is the year of hard music and maybe it's because this year has been so hard <laughs> maybe we need some crazy ass music and when i listen to mr bungle it makes me smile because it's the way i've felt through 2020 you just felt this unrelenting anger and rage like in all directions with no with no rhyme or reason chris so that's why i love that album there's great stand-up tracks uh there's a song called raping your mind there's a great song called meth Ematics. <laughs> and then there's a great uh great 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 uh version of um oh my god summer breeze oh really oh my god chris i gotta say this video so it's them in new york city and i could have gone to this concert but it was on a monday night i couldn't uh, it was all messed up if i knew the end of the world was coming i would have gone but it was like february a monday night like february 18th right before lockdown they played in brooklyn new york and they play like a hard ass metal song and they go into summer breeze (laughs) like summer breeze makes me feel fine (laughs) they go into it and then they go back into metal it's his voice is out of control so if you're a music fan, it I, I I high high recommendation. I think this is my album of the year by far. The Ooh. musicianship is out of control. There, you're not topping this for me. I'm going to be listening to this forever. It is mowing your lawn, uh, freaking working out, taking a jog. Music, just listen to it. It's great shit. So That's Chris, awesome. there you go, dude. There you Good go. Stuff, Sorry, man. I had to go off. I had to go off for a you little. You have bit. to. Oh. Dude, have you seen? There's a great YouTube video, by the way, of a vocal coach reacting to Mike Patton, and you should watch it. I love her. I love. I was just watching. Um, there was a follow up of her, her watching Midlife Crisis by Faith No More, and her voice is her face is so funny when he's doing all his crazy stuff. It's awesome. <laughs> That's amazing. Good stuff, man. Good stuff. Well, to segue into a different uh, category. Um, so again, like just starving for things to binge watch, starving for things to take in each week. Ben, have you checked out truth seekers yet on Amazon? No. Okay. So this is from our boys, um, Simon Pegg and Nick Frost, the guys behind Shaun of the dead, um, you know, hot fuzz, all that good stuff. They've got a brand new show on Amazon prime called truth seekers, where it's basically, um, it kind of follows Nick Frost around where he's basically like a ghost adventurers type of character. No way. I'm looking it up right now. Oh, my God. Um, And it's, I believe it's written by both Nick Frost and Simon Pegg. And Simon Pegg is like a reoccurring character. He's not in all the episodes, but he's in most of them. Um, It's fantastic. So if you love that style of humor that those two have done and everything that they've done together, um, it is that just on a TV episodic basis. Uh, but it's fantastic, and the special effects are great. The creepiness factor is is fantastic. They've got a great supporting cast. Malcolm McDowell's in this thing. What? Just, yeah, just doing crazy stuff. Um, 
like I don't want to spoil anything, but there's one scene where he's basically forced to watch like a montage clip of things. <laughs> it's like just watching Malcolm McDowell being forced to watch things on a big screen. It just makes my heart melt. So um, it's fantastic. I can't recommend it high enough. If you want something that's creepy um, and funny at the same time, um, it's 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 like I said, it's their brand of humor all the way through. So you, if you're a fan of theirs, you will not be disappointed. Oh, I, I love those guys. Love them. How could love you not? Right? Yeah, I love those guys to death. Yeah, that's great. Oh my god, great recommendation. I'm putting it on my watch list. Oh my god. So it's it, so they're ghost hunters or like it's like the X Files. What are the what's so it's kind of? It's you know what? I honestly don't know yet because I haven't gotten. I've only like on like I think I'm in the fifth episode, so I'm really I'm pacing myself with this one. But um, Nick Frost basically plays a cable guy who has this new trainee, and they're kind of going, you know, to house to house to like, you know, fix cable. But they keep stumbling upon like haunted, creepy things, um, and it kind of follows them through. And they meet up with this girl that's having like this crisis and things like that. And um, you know, it's it's really interesting. Uh, but again, it's just that level of of comedy that just I I, I can watch Hot Fuzz a hundred times and never get sick of that movie. And I will, if you're the person that watches hot fuzz or Shaun yeah. of the dead and is crying, laughing, like you're my people. Like that's, that's or, my, or, uh, the end of the world was the other the one, end right? of the world is great as well. Um, right. so like if, if, and, and it, it literally is that style of humor, that, that, that tempo, that pace, that kind of dialogue, uh, that you just absolutely love. And, um, yeah, no, it's, it, it's fantastic. So yeah, it's a little bit of, hauntingness a little bit of x filesy uh i still have no idea what the you know the the overarching uh plot is yet so i haven't i haven't gotten to that big reveal yet but it looks like it's setting up something pretty big which i'm excited about awesome awesome great recommendation dude so Um, yeah definitely check uh, it out to segue into mine i have another great recommendation so you know how we've been kind of complaining about the shelvers right yes these these kind of shelf tv shows but that one sounds like it was ready to rock this year. Another one that was ready to rock. Uh, you know what, Chris? I'm going to put this out in the air. Ready? Go ahead. Maybe like around December, end of the year, we should do like our picks, you know, best performance. We should do our own Oscars. Our oh. desperate seeking it, uh, like Oscars. So like best album. Like I just said, like my best album is that one. And then like doing like oh, best performance, best show, best movie, like kind of thing like that. I love it. Let's do yeah. it. Um, Let's do so, it. My favorite of the year. Um, I don't know if it's my favorite show of the year, but my favorite performance of the year comes from a show called The Queen's Gambit mm. on Netflix. Chris, have you checked this out yet? It is literally the next thing in my queue. I'm going to actually probably start watching it this week. Yeah. Um, my um, wife started it. She says it's fantastic. Yeah. So let me talk to you about my favorite performance of the year it is from Anya Taylor-Joy. Now you might remember her from. Um, she's not that big. I'm not gonna. Say, I'm not gonna lie. She's from the movie Split. She was yep. the main girl in that movie. She was in The Vich. Um, she Great was in movie. The New Mutants. Uh, she was in Glass, of course, the follow-up. Um, so she's not that big. But let me tell you. Usually, when you get like a younger performer and they're in a show like this, a heavy drama, um, they go over the top. They try to like do like their best Meryl Streep and. You know, just, you know, push it to the limit and overact right. and, uh, you know, give me all you got. The Vincent Hanna Award kind of thing. <laughs> uh, they knew the Mark Ruffalo Award. They, um, 
This performance by her is so subtle. It's so subtly acted, so subtly directed, and you can't take your eyes off of her. And it's just because she has that charisma kind of thing. And the charisma just fits with the character in the show. Um, For those that don't know, not to spoil anything, Queen's Gambit is about a young chess prodigy. Um, uh, Her name is, hold on, uh, Beth Harmon. And you go through her kind of crazy, messed up life and stuff like that. And it is fascinating. It takes place in the 60s, so you're in that kind of madman kind of crazy world. It's right in my wheelhouse. Whoever like made this, if this was sitting on a shelf, you know, shame on you because my God, this show is just gold all the way. Directing, writing, acting, uh, top notch. I'm not done with it. I'm on season or I'm on episode seven. It's a limited series, but uh, let's just keep this thing going. I mean, just my God, it's so good. So Chris, that's my recommendation for the week. Netflix knocking out of the park. Sounds like Amazon's knocking out of the park. Um, Yeah, dude. I, 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 you know, I don't know if these, shows it, it actually like you know how we were talking a couple weeks ago about shelvers i was wondering if some of these streaming services have these gold in their chest they have like Ooh. the shitty ones in their chest they're like oh we just need to put out something this week they just put something out i wonder if they have some gold they're like oh our our stock is slumping this week maybe we didn't need to put this one out right so, i don't That's know this is not a bad theory yeah. yeah, this one's timeless, man. It was based in the 60s, so you really could make this TV show whenever, you know? Interesting. Interesting. Good stuff, man. Good stuff. Yeah, good stuff. All right, so for my last one this week, um, news broke uh, literally, I think, yesterday or the day before. So you know how for the past couple of years we've been getting these like live television broadcasts of musicals, uh, typically around the holidays? We get like the you know the Jesus Christ superstars, the Rents, the Bye Bye Birdies, all this fun stuff. Uh, well, they basically announced that this year, surprisingly, I didn't think we we're going to get one this year, but they're we're going to get one. They're going to do a, a live musical uh, of How the Grinch Stole Christmas. Oh, perfect! Yeah, so it's going to come out around the holidays. Uh, it's going to be with uh, Matthew Morrison, who starred in Glee, is going to play the Grinch, which. I should just say right now, I don't buy it because he's too nice of a guy. But um, it, it this is going to be the an actual musical. It was it, it actually played um, on Broadway a couple years ago, and for all intensive purposes, it was going to be kind of one of those like annual musicals that they just play in the city um, during Christmas time. And um, yeah, so we're we're going to get that, but it's actually being filmed in a theater, so they're not doing like the kind of, you know, where they film in a big studio space and things like that. It's actually going to be in a theater um, in London. They're going to film it in London and they're literally going to do it like all safety precautions. Like the cast is going to be like sequestered for like two weeks before they even start shooting um, things like this. So they're really kind of taking this really seriously. Um, But it's going to be like watching a staged musical rather than like these like studio musicals that don't really look like, you know, a live presentation of theater. So it should be pretty exciting. And for those of us out there that love theater are starving for theater and things like that, you know, even though it's not maybe the most exciting musical property to, you know, announce to be announced and things like that, I'll take it. (laughs) It's like, (laughs) I'll take what I can get. Um, This, this comes off the heels that we're getting another um, one of these. So Netflix seeing the success of uh, Hamilton on Disney plus is getting into the game themselves and we'll be presenting 
a a staged uh, film version of the musical Diana, which is based on uh, the Diana Princess of Wales, and uh, which was supposed to open on Broadway this coming spring, which obviously is not going to happen anymore. So producers are smart. They reached out to Netflix and said, look, do you want to tape this musical? And Netflix was like, yeah, sure. And so um, and I, I had actually heard from sources that uh, because of the pandemic, this was going to be one of the shows that just was never going to open. So um, having to be preserved on Netflix, I mean, my God, what a what a smart uh, business move on that end. Even though I hear it's you know so so. Again, I'll t- I'll take what I can get. Yeah, new theater. To theater. Exactly. Yeah, right. So um, Ben, yeah, I just want to get your thoughts on how you know does this does this do anything for you uh, on, yeah. on that end? Yeah. Oh yeah, I've loved I've loved everything that's come out this year as far as Hamilton, and then of course my my gleaming um, my David Byrne, you know, uh, yes. the musical kind yep. of thing. I mean, I I love that as long as it's directed by like those two. Like I thought those were very similar. Um, I, I think your critique of the Hamilton was it's a little too dramatic. There was too many pauses, kind of took you out of it. Where the David Byrne was kind of more life. You got that more. Right. I'm watching this on a stage with a couple close-ups here and there, but pretty much, it's an objective kind of um, camera view, not subjective camera view. If I can go back to film school, so I, mm-hmm. I, I kind of like that. Um, but yeah, you know, bring them out, man. I, I like that. I mean, if we can stay safe and uh, watch theater live and keep theater going, I mean, you know me, man. I love theater, but. Uh, follow-up question, Chris. Yeah. You know how uh, – where is the uh, UFC Fight Island? That's off of uh, – Yeah, where is that, actually? That's off of Abu Dhabi, right? Or okay. Yeah, right. I think so. Yep. Uh, fo- follow-up question. Where would Theater Island be? <laughs> <laughs> Long Island. <laughs> <laughs> Amity. Amity. Staten Island. Island. Bayo, Sta- Bayo Sta- New Jersey. Shaolin. It's going to be in Shaolin. <laughs> <laughs> that's actually not a bad idea though uh theater island theater island i dig oh it oh my god you get off the boat you just be like show tunes all the time oh my, it'd be like it'd be like it's a small world but with theater songs <laughs> god <laughs> you know it's funny like you got all these producers trying to figure out how to bring you know theater back and things like that but yeah Streaming in Theater Island. I'm, I'm, I'm Theater Island. It. What was the island that uh, Marlon Brando bought? Just get that thing. And just get that just... thing. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. Oh, my gosh. Uh, what else you got this week, man? That's it, man. Let's go YouTube. And Let's do it. Let's go in. What do you yeah. got? All right. So I, I mentioned Eric Andre interviews Mike Patton. You, Chris, you got it. I gotta watch this. I see it now. I, it's like yeah. it's like a half an hour. I love it. Oh, yeah. oh, it's a full interview, and and this isn't like a mess around. Eric Andre is gonna, he really knows Mr. Bungle. So go back and listen to that. That that's my thing. Um, but then uh, my other, my other YouTube, and we're gonna cut it short this week because I have a bunch, but it's a bunch of music stuff. But the other thing I have to talk about. So I got into the Queen's Gambit, Chris. You mm-hmm. know, what I mean the chess, right? Chess.com on YouTube what? put out the RZA and the Jizza of the Wu-Tang Clan square off at chess. <laughs> you get to watch them play chess while commentators are off to the sides talking about their moves and stuff like that. Post-game interviews, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. 
my God, it's a 50-minute match with interviews afterwards. You need to check this out. It's so great. You know what's funny you say that? I, I am not surprised that Rizzo plays chess. Like that that oh. if you told me Rizzo was a, a master chessman, I'd be like, Yeah, okay, I believe it. <laughs> like, oh yeah. The dude's a genius. So Oh yeah. Wait till you <laughs> wait till you see this, Chris. You're gonna freak out. Oh, it, it's wait. so great. And and like I wish there was more smack talk for that. I mean, it's I, I believe they're cousins, so they've known each other all their lives. So I mean I wish there was more smack talk. The 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 actual game is great. And they actually say they moves like master chessmen, like they actually know what they're doing. And and you, and the actual people that commentate like say that these people like like Jizza and Rizza, like they know what they're doing. This isn't just like a mess around thing. It's so great. It's it's sponsored by Hennessy. <laughs> it's so <laughs> so it's a little gangster in there. It's it's great. It's so great. It just I mean, there's nothing bad about it i couldn't stop watching it so yeah that's my youtube for it's 50 minutes long just check it out hold on i gotta look this up rizza yeah rizza just a chest that's the first thing came out so i got some good youtube and i mean it's been a couple weeks chris you know me with youtube and i i had to get eric andre mike Patton, and rizza and jizza i mean i just it's just awesome hennessy's make your move i like that that's a good series I've drank Hennessy before. I'm not making any moves after I drink that. So. <laughs> I've been there. Um, wow. That's awesome. That's awesome. Uh, for mine, Ben, uh, for my YouTube, Ben, you, you, you're you a good dad. Uh, I'm a good dad. Thank we, you, we, sir. And you are, too. Thank you. We, we pride ourselves on our dad skills. Yes. But we have been put to shame because uh, some guy – in California has now uh, beaten us all. He has created Ben. Are you familiar with the roller coaster, the Matterhorn in Disneyland? Oh uh, yeah. 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 So a guy in California has built a replica of the Matterhorn roller coaster in his backyard and it is rideable. It's a single, single cart roller coaster, two stories tall. So it's a mini version of the Matterhorn, but apparently the brakes, the turns, the, the banks, the, the you know the the dips so to speak are all like accurate to the ride so to speak and it's amazing looking and so if you get a chance there's a great video on youtube just look up like matterhorn backyard or something like that you'll see this guy um it's a great video it's oh my god you seen it yeah dude holy snap like this is the perfect like pandemic like i'm gonna do something crazy in my backyard because i got nothing else to do, to do i'm gonna build a freaking roller coaster for my kids um it just looks awesome he's got like a little yeti in there the theming is out of control uh it's fantastic so i love this i love when people build like just awesome things in their backyards like roller coasters fun rides doing really innovative things for their kids um you know if i was more of a of a designer I, and and had the time the, the the means to do it I would um, or I'd, you know just pay someone to come do it <laughs> but um, I love that I love people getting creative with their backyard so definitely check that out folks uh, yeah just look up Matterhorn backyard you'll see exactly what I'm talking about it's a really cool project that is awesome bro awesome awesome stuff I love I love getting down that that wet, that deep web hole of like roller coasters in the backyard that's all over. Uh, YouTube too. Right? 
<laughs> or just I, you know, like uh, these long domino things that people like, you know, those. I can't even describe what they are, but like when you just kick over a bucket and then it starts a chain reaction of all this stuff that happens in your backyard. Love it. Love all of it. So people do more of that, please. Ben, good stuff this week, my man. Anything you want to plug or mention before we sign off? Uh, no, man. You know, uh, I want to say, I think a couple weeks ago, I mentioned that uh, I got the PS2 down here with the Guitar Hero because I think second lockdown's coming down. So people, get inside your houses. Hide your kids, hide your wife, because COVID's coming. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't know, man. Just uh, stay busy with media. Hopefully we have more to report. Um, we, Chris, you know what? This week we didn't even touch The Mandalorian, so maybe next week we'll have to hit that up. Yeah, we'll man. have to hit that up. We'll be, we'll, by then we'll be three episodes in. So Sounds uh, good. We'll, we'll, have our, we'll have our first, or, or the beginning of the season review. Exactly, exactly. Good stuff. And, folks, you can listen to this podcast and all of our podcasts on the Onstage Blog Podcast Network onstageblog.com. You can also find this one on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you f- listen to your podcasts. Uh, but give us a like, give us a listen, subscribe, join our Facebook page. Uh, you know, we, we've got, you know, that Facebook page is growing substantially every day. Yeah, it works. really is. Awesome. And hey, Chris, you know what? I, I actually, uh, I turned someone on to our podcast, The Desperately Seeking, and they... I just want to give a shout out to you. Uh, they they said that the onstage blog was a expert website. It was an expert blog. They just thought it was just pro looking. So here, nice, yeah. Thank you. I appreciate that. That's awesome. Um, all right, folks. Well, we'll see you right here next week on Desperately Seeking Entertainment.